It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard, Dennis and Brady. Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. And uh, it's regional finals for the boys. We had a quarterfinal game for the uh, girls, so we'll talk about the boys' regional semifinals, which happened first on Monday night. Sandusky played last night. And we'll try to sort through the carnage, and there's really not a whole lot left standing no. for our area. We're we're basically we're down to two basketball teams. Oh, technically, we're three days into the spring sports season. Doesn't it feel like it? Yeah, yeah. With, with the two inches of snow, <laughs> oh, I was thinking about doing a quadruple header today. Uh, then I realized I still had basketball. We we might see you in mid-April with baseball and softball. The way this is going. Can't believe they're playing basketball with palm trees growing in my sidewalk. Yeah, right. (laughs) But, no, we have two very fun games tonight, and I think we'll have, hopefully, two winnable games. Not, I wouldn't say either side is a favor or maybe even decidedly, but I think both sides have a very legitimate chance at winning tonight. Well, again, I go out of the area with these thoughts, and I think most people – again, are ignoring how good Croslex is and have been and are going, oh, good, Rich is going to win that game. And everybody's going, well, Genesee Christian, they're number one. Well, let's talk about it because it was almost a BWAC rematch and yeah, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time on that regional. All right, uh, and we'll get it all started in just a moment. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention. The herd takes notice. And the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810-364-877. For all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. Brady Bean here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Marysville. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. 
Gara Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Gara Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. DuraClean by Bachelor. 810-982-7044. DuraClean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. So Brady went to Emily City on Monday where both Croslex and Richmond were playing, and we were hoping that we'd get a Croslex-Richmond round three for a regional championship and to decide once and for all who was the better team this year. Um, and we almost got it, you know, and there were tough matchups there, too. Well, let's start with the first game we had. Croslex played Notre Dame prep, and oh, boy, was it vintage Croslex out of the gate. You know, Croslex maybe not quite as dominant as they were a couple years ago. That's a team that they might not see for a long time. Even last year, they'd blitzkrieg some teams. Hadn't really done it a ton this year in big games. Been a lot of battles. First quarter done, 20 to nothing. Croslex, and it's like, oh, wow. They got that. They still got it in them. They still got it in them. They were hitting big shots. They were stifling everything they that Notre Dame Prep was trying to do offensively. Notre Dame Prep has some good players, and it's 20 to nothing, and it's like, okay, well, this game's over. No, Croslex just has to play okay the rest of the yeah. way but to Notre Dame Prep's credit they came out in the second quarter and figured it out they put up 22 in the second quarter the score at halftime was 31 22 think I mean think about this like there's 60 seconds between quarters right it's not a lot of time to make adjustments right. or I mean you can give all the rah-rah speeches you want in that huddle but whatever they said in that huddle like, they completely kind of turn things around. You go from getting shut out to scoring 22 points. Well, what? And here's the other thing from the Cross-Lex perspective, and I said this to Lance after the game, if you go, if you told him before the game, hey, Notre Dame prep will have 22 at the half, he probably would have said, all right, I'll take it. I think that's we played pretty good defense. 11 points a quarter isn't great. But it's definitely winnable basketball. Like, yeah. If you're if you're holding, you're holding te- a team under fifty, at right? That rate. And you're saying, all right, if we can't get to forty five, we don't deserve to win. But had I told him he'd give up twenty two in the second quarter, alarm bells might have went off. Yeah. So they were up nine at half, and Notre Dame prep kept it going. They got it as close as two, Dennis, in the second half. But in the fourth quarter, it just was too much. Cross Lex was able to close it out. They hit some. 
big time threes that stopped the momentum from Notre Dame prep and they got another regional win they win this by a final of 58-45 Trey Kolakovich had 15 Mitch Geiger had 11, Zach Kretsch had 11, Donovan McDonald had 9, Drew Hosterman had 6, and that's kind of the exact formula you need if you're Cross-Lex if you want to win these games. Yeah. So uh, all in all, Cross-Lex wins by 13. Does that shock me? No. Was it the weirdest way to get to a 13-point victory where we went from end of the first quarter, all right, just might as well get off the court now, it's 20 to nothing, game over, to in the third, it's going Oh my God! Crosslex is going to blow a twenty to nothing lead. To ten minutes later, all right, now the bench is being cleared. But man, Crosslex through this run—I know they're senior heavy, but they had—they still had that little bit of vintage Crosslex in them. You know, and and if you if you didn't see any of the information about what was going on in between, you go uh, twenty to nothing, and then you come back and you see the final, and they won by thirteen. You feel like, oh yeah, okay. So they just kind of cruised to the finish line and didn't have any problems. But <laughs> actually, as you said, at one point it was a two-point game. Let's say Notre Dame prep ties it or takes the lead. How does that affect? I do think mentally that changes it because you get over that hump. It is, we've seen it in games before, whether it was St. Clair trying to beat Armada or Armada trying to beat Richmond, where you get it to three, you get it to four, and mentally, if you can tie it up or take the lead, one, that gives you the confidence, and two, the team holding the lead goes, ah, crap, they did it. We're, and now they start yeah. to panic. But it, it was uh, funny. I texted uh, Gallagher because he was there for the first half, and all I said was vintage, and he responds, I've seen this so many damn times. <laughs> because how many big games have we had for Cross-Lex that were, all right, this is going to be a battle, and it's over in the first quarter. Yeah. They, they come out and do that. They, they've done it against Richmond in the past, last year at Cross-Lex. They've done it against Armada, they, especially in that district final two years ago. Nobody was beating Cross-Lex that yeah. night. That was the Best performance from a from an area high school team I've ever seen. They did it to Goodrich two years ago in Crosslex in the regional semifinal. Remember, that was a game that was basically two years in the making, and Crosslex body slammed them, and it was over five minutes in. Yeah. Well, we thought uh, there was going to be a great game one night against Emily City, right? And that turned into not a great game, right? <laughs> like they, they, this is just what Crosslex has done over the past five seasons, where they've Won four district titles. They would win five if COVID didn't happen or happened five days later. But, man, it was it was awesome to see Croslex go to their old form. And it was just something about, uh, we talk about the brand and the power of that uniform and expecting to go out and do it. This is what happens. Because if you put this team five years ago, I don't know if they do that with the culture not being of dominance being what it's been. But over the past five years, this is all these kids have known since they've been in high school is we go out and we dominate. They went out against a good Notre Dame prep team. Wade Robinson, the kid from Notre Dame prep, the coach's son, who, by the way, I like the way Notre Dame prep runs their team. But, man, he's good. He can – any Cross-Lex fan there is going to know he's quick. He can shoot. He had 15 in the second quarter that helped get Notre Dame prep back into the game. And, yeah, Notre Dame Prep had a losing record, 
but I can see how Notre Dame prep can be dangerous in the playoffs. Yeah, but a good job by Croslex because he, he scored 15 in one quarter and finished with 17. Right. So, I mean, the, for three quarters, they did a really good job on him. Yes, but, man, he I could see how in any game he's liable to go off for 35 or 40 points. Like He's just so fast. And we were talking to Mike McAndrews. He had 37 against Loyola right. to keep that game interesting because Loyola is really good. They're going to be the D3 state champions. So... Croslex moves back to a regional final. They're second in three years, and they're awaiting their opponent. And Richmond and Goodrich are up next. And remember, a year ago, Richmond just went out to Flint Powers, and Notre Dame prep bombed them by, like, 35. The game was over a minute and a half in, basically. Richmond played a lot better. Goodrich was up 13-7 at the end of one. They got it up to about eight, but at halftime... Richmond was racing back. They got it to within three. A late free throw made it 25-21 Goodrich. And you're going, all right, Richmond's in this. Goodrich did not want to run with the Blue Devils. They did not want to go up and down. They did not want to make it a track meet. And Goodrich, their stud, their sophomore, I'll call him a guard, but he's six foot six. Parker LaPlay, he he's a dude. And he picked up two quick fouls in the first half, so he basically didn't play in in the second quarter. That was helping Richmond. Now, it's a two-point game in the second half. Oh, excuse me, it's a four-point game going into the second half. And there's two different ways I want to go about this because, Dennis, I just I cannot talk about this game without bringing up the foul discrepancy that ended up happening in the second half. Now, on the flip side of this, I will say Richmond had opportunities to overcome this. They were leading at the end of the third quarter, 33-31. But there was one point in the fourth quarter where I believe the fouls were 9 or 10 to 2 in favor of Goodrich. Did that single-handedly cost Richmond the game because Goodrich would end up winning 53-45 and pulled away at the end? No. Did it play a factor? I can't lie to you and say I don't think it played a factor because I thought both teams were playing a similar level of basketball. And there are a couple guys for Goodrich that were in foul trouble from the first half that for 15 minutes of the second half, Goodrich committed two fouls. Yeah, I'm going to not buy that for a bit. And I do think it, it changed the way this game happened. Now, did Richmond have opportunities to come back. Yes, they gave up some offensive rebounds. They got a little too much into one-on-one basketball in the fourth quarter where they got out of their system and were trying to force it. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't say I thought the officials played a part, and I don't think there was any ill intent. I just think that you know they looked up and it was 10-2, to two and it's like, come on, it, it's not 10-2. to two. Yeah, it, it's... Um... I just I ask for consistency. So if you're going to let them be physical and you're going to let contact at one end, you got to let them be physical and have contact at the other end. If you're going to call it touchy at one end, you got to call it touchy at both ends. And there there's been a lot of inconsistency in recent games. And actually, last night I had a a, a really well officiated game. I, I've got no qualms with anything that happened. In, in, in the game I but, saw last night. But on Monday, uh, the, the first game, I no stake in it. 
Don't care who wins between Southfield Christian and Genesee Christian. One team got hosed. The other team got all the calls. And we've noticed, maybe it's because we're more, our awareness is heightened with the playoffs and the stakes are so much higher and you understand that you're really into the game. But in the regular season, Dennis, how many times did I talk to you after a game and go, man, the officials were something in this game and, and it made a difference? Yeah. Maybe I can count on one hand how many times that happened between the two of us in like, Almost 100 basketball games, basically. Yeah. But in the postseason, it feels like after every game, there's been something. Like I talked about back in the quarterfinal where there was 85 fouls in two games to start off the districts. Or, I mean, St. Clair thought France was fouled and how for 30 minutes everything let go. Then it was touchy. Then they let it go again. And I think a part of this is that they're not, the officials aren't with their normal crews, and I don't like that, or at least maybe maybe it's all to do about nothing, but I just don't think that breaking up the crews that you get familiar with, because you get guys that, hey, you know, all right, this guy's going to make these calls. That you, you get that rapport with people, and now in the postseason you have to learn new guys, and you're getting guys from out of the area, and... I think it's made a bit of an impact, and it, it showed in this Richmond game. And I want to reiterate this point, too, because even doesn't necessarily mean they did a good job. Right. Not all games are created equal. Not all teams are even. And some teams do foul more than others. Right. So sometimes when the board says 10 to 2, it's earned. Right. But there are times where it says 10 to 2, and you're kind of sitting there going, these teams are kind of equal, and the same things are happening at both ends. Right, and again, Richmond could have overcome this. That it wasn't that they were getting absolutely hosed, and there was nothing they could have done. I mean, they picked up a tech in the fourth quarter. That doesn't help their cause. Um, they they missed some rebounds. They missed some shots, some free throws that all add up make, make a difference. I mean, for three quarters, they were winning. And I thought in the first half, it I didn't notice the officials, and I didn't really notice them in the Crosslex Notre Dame prep game because they had different crews, and boy, did they let them play in that game, but they were consistent for the whole game. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm i not saying it's the reason they lost, but I'm saying it was a factor into the game, and I don't think anyone that left that gym could make an argument otherwise. Did Richmond foul a little more where the fouls maybe 9-5? to five? Yeah, but... When it was 10-2, to two, it was bad. And the other thing that uh, Goodrich did, and this is probably the biggest factor, is that Goodrich shut down some of the bigger players for Richmond. Sebastian Mays ended up being the leading scorer for Richmond with 15. Daquan Haskins had 14, which is a good game, but not his ceiling. Carl Stevens was head, held to six points. Marcus Thompson scored two. That's a big difference if... Stevens even gets to, if he gets to 14 like Haskins, it's a tie ball game. Well, you're used to Stevens, like, scoring 17 to 25. Right. Like he Almost can, automatic. Yeah, it's and, and to not get, let's just say, 10 more points, Richmond wins by two. Now, now I don't want to put it on one guy, but because obviously Goodrich knows who Carl Stevens is. Right. And, and they're, they're doing a job. To make sure he doesn't get 
Right, the play that was on Stevens, and to, to, to Goodrich's credit, um, they held uh, Stevens to that. But Mays picked up some of the slack, so I don't think you can just assume Sebastian Mays scores 15 in a regional game and just magically give Carl Stevens 10 more points. But he's a guy that, yeah, you expect that. Goodrich did a really good job with that. Um, do you want me to talk about the regional final now, or do you want me to save that for... For our third segment, because yeah, we'll we'll do that in the third segment. We'll talk about the games we're going to see tonight. But you know, I think it's a very coin flippy game. That Goodrich is very talented. Don't get me wrong, but if this game against Richmond is played a seven game series, it's going to game seven. Okay, I'll I'll take that. Uh, real quick in uh, D three, Loyola beat New Haven fifty to forty three which actually I'm going to say uh, that was a closer game than I thought it would be. I w- it was described to me as a war on the court. So it was kind of as physical <laughs> as we expected. <laughs> All right, so let's go to D4. I was at Oakland Christian on uh, Monday night. In the first game, Southfield Christian, they got a host. <laughs> but Genesee Christian is good. Yes, Genesee um, Christian is. That's the team, again, that beat Port here on. You look at them, and they do not look imposing. They look like a driver's training class. Yeah. But they go out there, and you go, oh, I get it now. And the final was 66-50. to 50. It didn't feel that close. No? No. It, it felt – you know what it felt like to me, Brady? It felt like the score was like 90-30. to 30. <laughs> Because Southfield uh, – or excuse me, Genesee Christian – goes 100 miles an hour. Yes, they do. They grab the rebound. If you miss a shot, they grab the rebound, and they're up the court in four seconds, and somebody's shooting the basketball. And usually it's Trenton Boyke. He had 38 points in this game. Um, He did knock down three threes, and he did make seven free throws. But all of his two-point baskets were basically layups. He gets down the floor, and then he kind of – because he's not a big kid. No, he the, doesn't the tallest look, kid's what, six feet tall? Yeah. Maybe. He, he doesn't look imposing at all, but yet he just zigzags through everybody, gets to the basket, flips the ball up, and it never touches the – he doesn't use the backboard. He just sends these floaters up left-handed, right-handed, and they all find the middle – of the of the basket, it's incredible. And then the the thing that Mike McAndrews points out too is his vision and the passes he makes to other kids who aren't necessarily open, and he gets them layups. He has very good awareness for wherever he is on the court. Uh, so he scored thirty eight in this game and was just a, a whirling dervish who <laughs> could not be stopped. He could not be bothered. No, it, it, it didn't matter. Uh, and, and Southfield Christian didn't have an answer for him. So uh, it, it, Genesee Christian won that one, and I think everybody kind of expected that to happen, uh, and, and I, I was impressed. So Mooney and Everest was the second game. This was right from the get-go uh, a battle. It was 10-9 Everest after one. It was 20-19 to Everest at halftime. It was... 35-31 Mooney because their best quarter was the third. And their best stretch in that quarter were three possessions 
where they made sure that they got the ball into the post to the biggest guy on the floor, Dom Cadavera, and he scored six of his eight points during that stretch, and that's where Mooney got over the hump, took the lead. They were never down a lot, but they were just they were chasing for basically two and a half quarters, and they finally got over the hump, took the lead, and made Everest chase them the rest of the way, and they they were able to keep them at bay, um, and they were able to, at the end, make the free throws. Uh, Brian Everhart, Trent Rice made big free throws. They didn't shoot a lot of them for as physical a game as this was. Neither side shot a lot of free throws. Um, and uh, and Mooney was able to hang on, basically, and get a 44-39 uh, win. But th- this, like, th- there's there's a rivalry there. You wouldn't think two schools this far apart, Marine City and Clarkston. Right. Would have such a vicious rivalry. But they've met. And it it stems through several sports. Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess the only big comparison I could have is kind of like St. Clair and Richmond, like where in the postseason they always seem to meet because this was a rematch of a regional semifinal from a year ago. And remember who ended Mooney's season in football? Clarks and Everest. Yep. I believe they've met in baseball before. Um, I could be wrong with that one, but at least football and basketball. These seniors are very familiar with each other, even though they're not next door to each other. You know, and you and you got you know guys. Hazen later, he played in those two football games. Patrick Cooper was on the basketball team. He's the quarterback for them, and like because Mooney beat him in the regular season, and it was the first time they'd ever beaten him. And then they had the rematch in the playoff game. Uh, and Everest won that one. And in basketball this year, they they had split two games in the regular season. So this was the rubber match. Mooney had knocked them out last year and celebrated quite heavily when they won last year. They were, they celebrated and they were happy that they won, but they were a little more subdued this time around because they know that they've got Genesee Christian next. But uh, what a difference Brian Everhart has made since returning to their lineup. It now makes me wonder what kind of a season Mooney would have had had he been there the whole way. How some of those games they lost at the buzzer and, and they had a lot of frustrating losses in close games. They would have probably won a few of those with uh, with Everhart. He had 18 points in the game. Trent Rice scored uh, nine None bigger than two free throws that he hit at the end. Um, Catavera had eight points. Quinton Hilliker had seven. So it was pretty balanced, pretty spread around. Ryan Tremblay was the only other player to score for Mooney. Only four kids scored for Everest, but three of them got to double digits, and that's what kept them in the game. But this is a good basketball game. And, and you know, I've been loving all this high-scoring basketball that I've been seeing throughout the postseason – this was a 44-39 game, but it was as good as the 80-77 to game I saw with Northern and Dakota. And that's what, three straight regional finals for Cardinal Mooney? Yeah, I mean, all they do is keep getting to this stage. Now they want to get over the hump. Right. Uh, but again, it'll be a, a, a tough draw tonight, but it'll be an interesting game because uh, I know that Genesee Christian is number one in D4. Right. But... Mooney's, I, I, and I don't know that it'll matter, but Mooney's bigger, and Mooney has speed too. Right, but Genesee Christian is 
top dog right yeah. now, and, and, and it's and, for a good reason. And and Boyke is just stupid good. And we'll talk about how they do match up. Yeah. But real quick, before we go to the break, I'm just going to throw this out here. Dennis, you don't have to worry about this because it's technological. Oh, well, but, can, I, can uh, I just go? Mount yeah, Pleasant, go second hurt, be Peck, 63-49. Brady Babcock had 17 for the uh, Pirates. They had a great year, but they couldn't handle uh, – Sacred Heart's big guy no. was like six six. Yeah, the Peck had a good season and they they earned a district title. Still one to be proud of. But anyway, uh, if you are a Twitter user, be aware of all these fake uh, accounts that try to say they're streaming the game uh, because I've seen it pop up a ton and it's just bots. So the the, the one I saw today, it's the NFFHS um, is the at handle. Here, here's just a few things. When I looked at it, I immediately knew it was spam. One, the NFHS network. Just click on the profile. They have more than two followers. Uh, two, they put the time in central time for yeah. <laughs> what time the game tips. And three, it, it, they're not going to use a shortened link for their thing. And four, they're not tagging random players on the team. Just be careful. I don't want to... and. We've been getting seeing guys that have gotten their Twitter accounts hacked, and I'm guessing some of it's from c- clicking on this. Don't trust it. If it if it looks weird or you've never seen them tweet something out before, it's because it's not there. Just be careful. I, it pops up all the time during uh, postseason play. Malicious bots trying to get your info. Just be careful. And I just saw another one. I try to get them down as soon as I can. Usually after I report them, the, the accounts are gone. Oh, and the other thing, if you click on the profile, when it says joined in February of 2023, I don't think the NFHS network just started no. this or last month. So And and hey, you can you can listen to the game with us. Yeah. And so, we don't make you fill out any forms or tell yeah, us any information. Exactly. So I just be careful of that, and all as always, look for the blue check mark. That isn't always perfect, but if there's no blue check mark, you know it's full of it. Just before you go clicking on the link, just click on the profile and make sure it's it's legit. Because I just see so much of it, and it, it annoys me. Anyway, you can take the break, and then we can talk about Sandusky. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll do that. That, that. That was one of your shorter rants. Get ready for outdoor fun at Alpine Cycles in downtown Port Huron. Skateboards, bikes, longboards, and accessories. They have everything you need to enjoy the warm weather. Alpine Cycles offers the best selection, and they're always getting new daily arrivals. Stop by Alpine Cycles today at 762 Huron Avenue at the corner of Huron and Glenwood, or call 982-9281. Open Monday from 10 until 6, Friday and Sunday, noon to 4. When you run with us on a Gator UTV, the engine has your full attention, the herd takes notice, and the trail meets its match. Because with effortless four-wheel drive and our smoothest shifting transmission yet, nothing runs like a deer. Search John Deere Gator for more. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's 10 locations in Bad Axe, Birch Run, Burton, Carroll, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. 
Since 1894, Ameriprise Financial has worked for their clients' futures, helping millions of Americans retire on their terms. Work with Ameriprise Financial Advisor Dave Betts, and together you'll develop a customized plan for your retirement. Discover the one-to-one relationship you deserve. Call Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Are you getting out of a lease or ready to trade in your vehicle? Stop by Jepson Car Company and we'll be here to assist you. We are constantly buying out lease vehicles and almost always putting money into your pocket. No matter what you owe, we can help. If you don't see your perfect vehicle in our lot, we will help you find it. Our purchasing team has decades of experience to help find the vehicle that is best for you. Call Jepson today at 810-662-3048 or stop by at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair. This is Nash Phillips. I'm a class of 2022 senior and varsity football player at Port Huron High. As a Port Huron School student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region. The district provides personal success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the football field. I also know they care about my well-being each and every day. Poor Huron Schools have prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, uh, welcome uh, back. West Bloomfield High School which is as big as the University of Michigan. <laughs> they have a lot of kids there, and their, they have to accommodate for them. Their middle school is ridiculous. And then, then I got to the high school, and it was, oh, my goodness. It is a good venue to host quarterfinal games. Yes. They have um, definitely, I like that a facility that is worthy of it is willing to host a lot of them. Well, and, and the weird thing about it is their girls are still playing, and they had to go up to Bay City to play. Right. And uh, uh, Kingston and Sandusky were both supposed to play at West Bloomfield last night. There was supposed to be a game before the Sandusky game, but uh, Kingston and Fowler were like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know you could do that. They're like, no, we're, 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 not, we're not going there. Uh, and the state gave them a, a different location to play at. I don't know all the details of why they wanted to change, but they didn't like because you can't get from Kingston to yeah. West Bloomfield for a five o'clock tip. Yeah, like none of tip. none of their fans would have been able to get there. It's not that the teams couldn't get there; it's that you know people get out of work and there's no way they're going to get to the game because uh, the game is it, it takes less time to play the game than it does to drive the drive. Um, but at any rate. Bishop Foley and Sandusky did play their game, um, and this was a close game all the way through. I think the biggest lead either side had was six points, 
it was also there was good defense, but there was a lot of slow offense. You can say it, it was game. boring at some it, times. It, 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 for a 34-32 quarterfinal game where it like went down to the to the last possession. Yeah, at times it was kind of a dull game. By design, though, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, in in the end, Bishop Foley won the game thirty four to to thirty two, basically on the shoulders of one player. Um, her name was Alyssa San Martino. She had four points at halftime. She finished with nineteen, and her fifteen points in the second half. She scored fifteen of her team's twenty one points in the in the second half. That's a pretty good, uh, pretty good ratio and and most of it was because uh, I'm gonna use the phrase and I, and I and I don't mean this in an insulting way I'm actually complimenting her she was a bully <laughs> she was a bully she said I'm going to drive the ball down the lane and you can't stop me from doing it and she was right they, yeah they, they couldn't get a stop on her um, several times uh, I went all right Sandusky's got it to one get a stop here. Sandusky's got it to two. Get a stop here. And every time the ball went into San Martino's hands and you knew what she was going to do, it was just a different thing trying to stop her. Mm -hmm. Um, And and Brooke Jansen, too, was playing with four fouls. And and she kind of acts as Sandusky's big. And it's, it's like it's hard to tell a kid with four fouls to get in front of a freight train. Right. Uh, and risk fouling out. Um, so San Martino is kind of the, the difference in this game. Um, Sandusky hit some big shots late. Um, Gibord hit a big three. Taggy hit a big three. Helena Long had a big first half and then didn't really get much opportunity to score in the second half. All nine of her points came in the first half, and Sandusky led 15-13 at halftime. So it was kind of it, it, and it ended up being what it looked like it was going to be a race to thirty. Right. This was going to be a really low scoring game. It was twenty one to twenty, Bishop Foley after three, and then the 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 fourth quarter was thirteen to twelve. We had more more points scored in the fourth than we had in the second and third quarters combined. Mm-hmm. So I mean it. it it was just that kind of a game. Grace Keyboard had 12 points. Long had nine. Taggy had six. Nobody else for Sandusky had more than three points. San Martino had 19. Nobody else for Foley had more than six. So, I mean, it wasn't a game about offense or scoring. Really methodical about their half-court offense. They wanted to run specific plays. And they would wait, and they would wait, and they would wait. I, I think they had a two-minute possession last night um, and then got a layup <laughs> because they just wore them down. It's just like we are not going to take another shot. Right. We are going to get the play that we want, and we're just going to pass it around and pass it around until we get the play we want. Now, one thing, uh, sometimes Foley would sit back. Yeah. But occasionally they would come out of it, and they would pressure, and they would try to trap the ball handler. And in those situations, they would speed up, but Sandusky 
didn't really – there wasn't a moment in the game where the Wolves went fast last night. Mm-hmm. It was – they were going their speed, and when Foley sped things up, they didn't make a quick enough adjustment to break uh, – and, and Al had to call a couple of timeouts so that they could come up, you know, with this is what we're going to do when they pressure us, and then they, right. they could start breaking it and force Foley to, to you know, to back off. But for a, a few times – until they took that timeout, there were problems, and Foley would get like two or three quick baskets, and you know a two-point Sandusky lead turns into a four-point deficit before you can get your timeout. Right. So there were moments like that in the game. Uh, it was kind of a helter-skelter, chaotic game. Uh, the it was physical, but I thought the officials let them play. I think Sandusky only shot four free throws in the whole game. And it and, wasn't and because Fo- of officiating. No, and and because Foley only probably shot ten free throws in the whole game, right? So I uh, and and most of that came at the end when Sandusky was fouling, and and Foley did actually miss a couple of free throws. So four set basically four seconds to go in the game. Foley misses the front end of a one on one or one and one. Sandusky got the rebound, but they're. They're on their own baseline right. with four seconds, and they've got to get a two to tie. They, there just wasn't enough time. So it was a winnable game, but still a really great run for Sandusky comes to an end. You get back to a quarterfinal. No shame in losing to a Bishop Foley team that's very solid. No, yeah, I mean, Bishop Foley's won 21 games. Right. Like, they're, they're, they're a good team. I thought these two teams were pretty evenly uh, matched. Um, Sandusky goes 23-4 and four this year again. They won a regional for the first time since 99. They were in a quarterfinal for the first time since 99. And they had every opportunity to, to win this game. Um, it, it just comes down to one team was two points better than the other team. So that puts a bow on girls' basketball season. Yeah, which is weird because it, it all comes to such a sudden end. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know we're down to one team but but with Sandusky it does continue our streak of every season since we've been doing this we've had at least one team play in a quarterfinal in each season yeah last year it was Marysville the year before Mm -hmm. Emily City got there right football we've always had a regional game to do baseball's had quarterfinals obviously we've had at least a semifinalist in spring every year so uh hopefully we have a couple more because there will be a couple good games tonight Yes, there will. So uh, we'll get back to the boys now because we do have two boys basketball games, and we're hoping that our basketball season doesn't end tonight. We think there's a chance that it's going to continue, but we'll talk about that in just a moment. Buying or selling a home? You need an experienced company standing ready to help you with all your real estate needs who is committed to making you the client number one. O'Connor Realty hung out its real estate sign in the city of Marysville almost 40 years ago to help the good people of this community buy and sell their homes. O'Connor Realty provides access to free, no-obligation home valuation reports prepared by a licensed realtor with no hidden fees. Located at 2801 Gratiot Boulevard, Marysville, give O'Connor Realty a call at 810 364 87 for all your real estate needs, O'Connor Realty, small enough to know you, large enough to serve you. 
Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, call 810 we welcome you to make Port Huron Schools your district of choice. Your child will experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region at Port Huron Schools. We specialize in providing personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. This year, more than ever, we truly appreciate our families and would like to thank them for their continued support. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. They have the area's best selection of pickups and SUVs. And now Kaywood Auto is offering corrosion-free rust proofing. Call 987-3030. That's 987-3030 to make an appointment. Voted 2021 Best of the Best and President's Award winner plus 2022 Dealer of the Year, Kaywood Auto is open Saturdays 9 until 2. Visit www.kaywoodauto to make an appointment. Kaywood Auto has been serving the Blue Water area for over 100 years. Finding that missing shin guard, remembering whether it's a home or away game, getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things, like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. Uh, Let's uh, get back to boys basketball because we have uh, two uh, regional championship uh, games uh, tonight. And uh, we, we start in Emily City, Crosslex and Goodrich, and you kind of alluded to this already, uh, Brady, that you kind of look at this as a toss-up, that either to- either side could win this game. Yeah, and, and again, I've seen Goodrich one time. So maybe they didn't play their best game. Maybe they wanted to slow it down against Richmond, and they have a lot more in the tank. Their resume is certainly strong for Goodrich. And they have some really nice pieces that I like. But there was nothing about Goodrich that seemed unbeatable. Like, there have been times where you'll see the first game, like, for example, if Yale would have beaten, uh, if Yale won their first game and they played Country Day in the, in, the, in the regional finals in girls basketball, we'd be saying, man, Yale's got to play a perfect game. Yeah. Like, Yale's got to play really solid. And there have been a lot of times we've, we've said that. And this isn't one of them. 
and maybe we'll talk about it a little more with Mooney because I think they'll have to play a higher level of game than Cross-Lex might have to to get the win. And Cross-Lex, I think it's a 50-50 game. I really do. Parker plays a good player, but he's a sophomore, so he's a little younger, and I think Cross-Lex has some size to match up with him. Uh, Goodrich is big. A lot of their starting lineup is above 6'2", above 6'3". They have length. I, I think the thing for Cross-Lex is are they going to be able to score? Because if I'm Goodrich, I'm probably putting the 6'6", the play on Kalakovich and saying, you're not shooting, I'm putting my longest guy on you. you. Get to the basket. Yeah, you might get a half step in front of him, but you have a 6'10 wingspan chasing it down from behind. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the thing because – yeah, you can look at that two ways. You can go, well, yeah, he's going to take away the, the jump shot, but can he keep up with Trey Kolakovich, who's one of the quicker players? Right, but he but with his length, he can play off a little bit because he can close out quicker. He can afford to give that half step. And if he and again, if Kolakovich does get a half step in front of him, is that enough to get the shot off cleanly? I, I think Trey Kolakovich is having an outstanding year, and he's going to be a key. But the other keys for Cross-Lex is going to be their other shooters. What does Zach Kretsch do? What does Geiger do? What does maybe Drew Hosterman do off off the bench? How much do they contribute? Um, in the Mooney game, I think uh, Cadavera is going to be a big factor. Donovan McDonald's going to be an interesting one. I don't know who, who Lance is going to put him on. Do you put the six six kids on each other, even though Laplay's more of a guard and McDonald's more of a post player? Um, Laplay didn't show a willingness to shoot a lot of threes. He wanted to get to the basket. So do you leave McDonald on the other side, waiting for him to come across? Not sure, but again, I think Crosslex has every opportunity to win this game and bring home another regional title. So uh, again. I I throw in that I know it's not a home game, but the, the Crosslex fans showed out yeah, on Monday. It, it's easier for Crosslex fans to get there, and it's a familiar place for these pioneer players. Trey Kalakovich uh, has been going into this gym for four years. He's right. played games here. They've held districts and regionals here before. Like uh, they're they're. They walk into the gym and it doesn't feel like a road game or a neutral site game. Right. And I know that Goodrich, when they've lost, they've had some players out, but there aren't a lot of wins that Goodrich has that makes me go, oh, wow, they beat this team. Good luck, Croslex. Again, I think this is as 50-50 as a game as you're going to get. This very easily could have been Richmond, Croslex. It's not a but boy, that would have been let's be honest that's what we were really hoping it, w- for. it would have been a gladiator duel uh I, the the, lo- the losers would have been kicked into the pit like in 300 it would have <laughs> felt it would have felt epic but this is still going to be a big one because there are players on both sides that remember the game two years ago and Croslex came out and body slammed them is Goodrich going to try to slow it down or are they going to think they can maybe run with Croslex? is this going to be a race to 50 because the way both games went last time or on Monday, where 58 and 53 got it done, I don't know, but Cross-Lex very easily can, can win this. They very easily can lose it. But again, for a regional final, it's not some unbeatable foe. What, what you, you, you kind of like look at this and go, 
probably not going to get off to a 20 to nothing start. Uh, no. So, you know, how do you play having to grind through the whole thing? And that's the other thing is you have no idea how the game's going to be called. Is it going to be called tight? Because I don't think either side really wants to use a lot of their bench. And all four teams on Monday shorten their bench a ton. Can you? Who can get into the other's bench? Who can get the few fouls drawn? Because Trey Klockovich picks up a few fouls. Uh-oh. But if you can get LaPlay and some Juan picked up a couple fouls for Goodrich, another nice player uh, for them. They can, If you can get them to draw a few fouls, yeah, maybe make their 6th, 7th, 8th guys come in and beat you instead of their stars. But I think Croslex will have as good of a chance as any to win this. By no means am I saying this will be easy, but I'm saying it's a as winnable of a game as there is because I was worried going into Monday that we might be going 0 for 2, but both teams played really well, and I think Cross-Lex is peaking at the right time. They used that Yale game. It was a scare. It wasn't a sign of things to come. All right, there, there's a term that has popped up in basketball in the last few years. It's Eurostep. <laughs> Used to be, in high school basketball especially, you could not do this. You would get called for traveling every single time. Cardinal Mooney needs a ref who is old school and who will not allow the Euro step. And Genesee Christian won't score a point tonight. (laughs) Yeah. um, This one, I think, might be a little tougher for Mooney. I do think it's fair to say that Genesee Christian... Is the favorite. Yeah. I wouldn't say a decided favorite, but it, you can argue semantics, but m- most people are going to say Genesee Christian is winning this game. And for a good reason, again, the Boykies, there's like th- four of them on the team, are all really solid. Chapman can shoot. Here's going to be the thing for Cardinal Mooney. Can they avoid the run and limit the run when it happens? Because Genesee Christian's a team that like Vintage Cross Lex can go on a 10-0 run in 45 seconds, and you're you blinked and you're out of the game. Yeah, can you limit the damage when it's happening, and how do you recover? Because they're going to hit some shots at some point, but you can't let them string two, three, four in a row. Well, and you look at them and you go, "How do they ever get a rebound?" They're not very um, imposing physically. No, but they're the smartest team. That I've seen play this and, year. And they're quick. They're, they're these little fire ants. They're all over the floor. They get to loose balls. Um, they, they play bigger than they are. Uh, they're, they, they're tough. They'll, they'll, they'll play through the contact. They'll force contact. Hey, against Southfield Christian, uh, there were three or four times where I thought, oh, that's a charge. Right. Because they just, they're, again, Boyke is, is like, uh, Sam Martino for Bishop Foley. I'm getting to the basket. Right. Sorry, guys. If you're in my way, I'm going over you. But um, And he gets the call more times than not um, because he's so good. Right. Like, I star treatment? Yeah, a little bit because he's that good. Um, he had 38 against Southfield Christian, and, I mean, he, he's just – he's so quick, but, again – Matchups are going to be interesting here because Trent Rice is fast. So you've right. got like 
two of the fastest kids I've ever seen in high school sports, probably going to be matched up against e- each other. Mm-hmm. Um, Mooney's got the biggest guy on the, the court. By a in, large margin. Yeah, in Dominic Catavera. How can they involve him? How can they use him? How can he be effective? Tyler Chat they they won by 16, and Tyler Chapman, who's their big shooter and who is the guy that killed Mooney last year in the regional final, scored over 30 points in the in that game and was bombing threes from everywhere. He had a bad shoot. He's coming off a bad shooting game where he was right. visibly frustrated throughout the game on the, the, the court. How does he respond tonight, and how does Mooney take him away so that they can frustrate him again? It's how do you stop those two guys because probably the rest of Genesee Christian can't score enough to beat you. Right. But that's a big ask to stop yes, those two guys. I think And what's stopping this, Boyke? Holding them to 22? I think to put this in the simplest terms, if there are less than 110 total points scored tonight, Mooney has a really good shot. Yeah. Every point over 110... I'd say Mooney's chances go down. Genesee Christian wants to make this as much of a track meet as possible. Mooney is going to have to do something they don't do a lot of and maybe slog it up a bit. Have very patient possessions. Don't try to run up and down with them because that's when those runs kill you. That's when they can get three, four shots off in 30 seconds and bang, it's a 10-0 run. And and it's tough too because when when it's dark, it's so enticing. Right. To oh, run up and down and trade baskets with somebody, and that's probably not the way to go in uh, in this one. As much as I like seeing teams get into the 80s, that's not what you want to do tonight uh, if you're Mooney. Unless, uh, I mean, unless they just shoot the lights out and don't miss anything, and you know that that's not likely to happen. And they either. have shooters. They do. Mooney has guys that can, but and, no and disrespect Mooney, to them. They don't shoot like Boyke and Chat. And, and Mooney does like to run from time to time. I've seen games. We've seen it. Last year, they were playing a lot of high-scoring games. Right. Um, but and that's what Genesee Christian wants. Yes. Kind of do, maybe not to the extreme that they did, do what the Sandusky girls did. Patient, patient. Make them fall asleep. And Cadavera is probably going to have, what, at worst a five-inch advantage on their whoever's guarding them. Yeah. Like I, I, I probably they put Boston Boyke on him, um, but uh, again, uh, it the the bigger the game Catavera has, the more it increases Mooney's chances here. But also, you know, Everhart's got to be Everhart, Rice has got to be Rice, um, Hilliker's got to be Hilliker. He's going to be an important guy for them tonight uh, too, because there's a good chance he's the guy. That's on Chapman. So I said 110 points total is going to be kind of where it needs to be. The other big thing, no offensive rebounds. That has been a theme in these playoffs, at least for the games I've been at. Offensive rebounds have killed teams. This Genesee Christian team shoots well enough as it is. Don't give them second, third opportunities because that's when they really kill you. Get that first rebound. Get Cadaver... Maybe points, yeah. If he scores a lot, that's obviously great. He needs to have a big rebounding game. He needs to secure the board. No second-chance opportunities. One shot, grab it, and slow the game down, outlet it, and get into the offense. Uh, and and 
a way to help your defense if you're Mooney is on the offensive side, get some offensive rebounds. Um, and also, because I'm telling you what, when you miss, they're down the court in a split second. Um, make them inbound the basketball and bring it up the, the length of the court with your defense in front of them. Don't let them grab defensive rebounds and chuck it up the floor because they will all night long, yeah. and they'll get all got, kinds of layups. you got to get the guys back. You have, you have to identify where they are all the time. That's even on offense. Yep. You have to know once that shot goes up, where's Chapman, where's Boyke, Get someone with their eyes on them, preferably Trent Rice on one of them and maybe Hilliker on the other, and just say, nope, uh, I don't care that you're underneath your own basket. I don't want you to have a clear look at the rim. Yeah, so I'm looking at this game. I think I think we're looking at it kind of similarly um, where, yeah, it's an upset if Mooney wins, but it's not that big of a stretch. It wouldn't, it wouldn't send shockwaves through no, the state. No, I, I don't think it should. I think it would make people go, oh, wow, Mooney got him, but it wouldn't be like, are you kidding me? The other, And that leads us to my final point. Mooney has no pressure on them. They're not supposed to win this game. Genesee Christian, this is their year. They're supposed to be the, one, the top team in D4. They should be fighting for a state title, and Mooney is, hey, we're going to go in, we're going to play our game, and let the best team win. They don't have to worry about pressure. Maybe that they did in a district where we kind of said, all right, Mooney, you're going you're gonna to have to win this game. You, you knocked off Everest. You're, you're back in a very familiar spot. This is the third straight year you've been here. Just, just go play. Yep. Just go play. You're, you're on house money. Right. So, yeah. Uh, that's uh, 7 o'clock tonight from Oakland Christian, Cardinal Mooney and Genesee Christian, and 7 o'clock tonight from MLA City. You've got Crosslex and Goodrich and uh, – Hopefully, we're talking about quarterfinal games for next Tuesday. That would be a lot of fun. I would talk about that. the quick turnaround from districts to regionals, regionals to quarterfinals. You get almost a damn week. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you got the weekend after you win your district to get ready for your regional, and yeah, you win your regional. You got uh, what is it? Six days. Six days to to get ready. Well, really five, but still, that's still Sorry. a lot longer than two weekend days. Than a Saturday Sunday turnaround. Um, I didn't. I didn't look where Croslex would go. Um, Croslex, I believe it's Lake Orion. Okay. Yeah. If, you know what? I think they, you uh, mentioned that to me. Win and they would play either Ferndale or Warren Collegiate. Those are two pretty good teams. Yeah. And uh, and if Mooney wins, they're going to West Bloomfield for the quarterfinal. I didn't look at. They the would side. play. I believe it's probably going to be Taylor Trillium. I know they're a really good team. Yeah, it's either uh, Detroit Public Safety, who's 13-10 and 10, and somehow made a regional. It's because they beat 13-12, and 12, Lenaway Christian. But Taylor Trillium's 20-3. and 3. I know they're another team near the top of D, D4. So you need to bring back Taylor Light in life. That was an easier game. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm, I'm tr- just trying to find some if I can give you any uh, other – teams they've played they've all right actually they've played some they, they beat bishop Foley by 15 so you know kind of where they are but they played all or two of the three uh detroit u preps science and math and art and design but not just u prep <laughs> all right i'm gonna so, end it i'm gonna end it there before we get into that discussion <laughs> unless you have another uh, point they, to make they, they beat green hills by 14 so you know what never mind taylor trillium might not be as menacing as you think okay 
Uh, but uh, be- before we get ahead to to that, we got to get through tonight. So join us on stream one and uh, two for uh, regional championship boys basketball and get stuck on sports tonight. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is stuck on sports.